<laughs> What's up, guys? This is the Gen Z Leadership Podcast. This is Jacob Salguero. And today I'm with one of my groomsmen that bailed on me. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I should kind of make room for what, someone I'd have to start. Why'd I have to start that way, right? No. Um, right. One of my best friends in this world, one time my neighbor, um, an incredible graphic designer, incredible creative, um, incredible leader, incredible drummer. Great cook, incredible cook. Actually, that's the like, best compliments. Like beyond great, he could open a restaurant. Low key, oh, no. he is Ratatouille. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tya Creative, um, Tya is a young adult ministry in Cedar Hill, right? Yeah, Cedar Hill, Texas. Y'all would say Dallas, but it's not in Dallas. It's in Cedar Hill, Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, they're blooming right now. They're pretty incredible, and it's because of this man and his leadership and his creative. And uh, he gets up early. He works out. He spends his time creating. And uh, man, tell us about how you kind of started your creative journey, bro. So yeah, I mean, I've always appreciated um, anything with with fashion and and how things are formed. So I've I've always had like a yearning for that, but I've never like initiated that gift until um, I got put on staff at a church, um, Trinity Church, and they're like, well one part of your job is to create graphics. And I was like, what the freak? How do, how do I do that, bro? So I started on Canva, right? Oh, I feel like Canva. I feel like that's the I feel like that's the gateway, bro. That's the gateway drug to yes. the graphic design. <laughs> so I started with Canva and I was like, wait, no, this is so mediocre. Like I can do so much better. So then I um started downloading like free softwares like photoshop like bootlegs and i was like okay like i'm getting the hang of it and i was like no i'm ready to upgrade to like the to the official industry standard whatever you know and i was like okay photoshop it is and i was like super overwhelmed i was like bro this is so amazing but this is so scary but then i just started you know um looking at other creatives and how their process is and I was like, okay, I can, I can figure out my own thing. But yeah, the way I started with, with um, creative um, design and everything else was literally through the church. They hired me and they're like, you got to do this. And I was like, all right. And then I found out to be, that's something that I really love. Like, you know, it's probably one of my favorite parts about the job. Oh yeah. And I think like us being, I only get Gen Z, right? You're born 95? Uh, 97. So yeah, Gen yeah, Z. Yeah, you made it. Yeah. Wow. My wife, my wife is 95, so she wow. didn't make it. Well, screw. That's yeah, exactly. She's incredible, by the way. Anyways, but um, what was I going to say? Like, my pastor always talks about the real creatives can create within their box. So everyone's always like, mm. always like oh, create outside the box. And it's like, yeah, anyone can create if they have an unlimited budget, an unlimited amount of time, and an unlimited amount of space, an unlimited amount of talent. I can create whatever I want then. Oh, the yeah. true creativity is when it's in the box. I don't have Photoshop. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have any skill. All That's I know so true. Three, all I know is these three tools. It's like throughout of that space is when we actually learn how to create. Yeah. And it was like, we may not make the best graphics, but we learned a discipline of creating because. Right. Wow. Right. That's good. And, I, and I, I, I never thought about that before until he told me like, look, you're not going to be creative until you put yourself in a box, mm. create in that box. And once you do that, you get a bigger box, right? You'll get more money. Yeah. More Absolutely. Same thing with you. You had Canva. 
your graphics were probably terrible on Canva, but you're like, oh, this is how fonts work. This is how. Yeah, exactly. Works. And that's how you kind of like moved into that. So, bro, when I when I found out how layers work, over, it was over, bro. I was like, what the heck are layers, man? Yeah. And all these different terms like elements and I was like, what is that? But when I figured it out, I was like, oh my god, like I'm I'm something now. Dude, I got my job, like right now I'm a creative director. I got my job off of a phone app, off of Fonto. Look at that. I didn't even own Photoshop. That's All my crazy. graphics I ever made were on my phone. And some of my graphics are crazy. <laughs> yeah. But it's because right. I, I, I figured out what my niche was. I figured out I'm great at fonts. Right. And I figured out this phone app will get me to produce 20 more graphics than you will produce on a Photoshop. Right. So it's kind of like... And it's kind of whoever like listening to this, if you're creative, it's okay to fail like off of Canva. Absolutely. It's okay to take a year or two to suck at Canva. Cause I think was, I think what millennials done for us that actually kind of benefit us is that they threw us into technology, bro. Like yes. our, or even older leaders, they're like, you're young, you could be on your phone. And like, at first you're like, oh, that sucks. Like I want to be a preacher. And then you realize like, oh, like I actually have a higher audience with my phone. Yeah. And it's like, dang, like, I'm thankful for the leaders that were like, go on Canva and learn. And now I'm like making money because of that, because of that, those people, right? And now that's yeah. our job, right? To create. So literally. Hey, so I kind of want to go into the topic of the title of this podcast or whatever is why aesthetic matters. And um, it's interesting. Like I've never been like, you know me, like I'm very, I feel like I'm very old soul, old school when it comes to church, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not recently, but I've, I understand aesthetic now more than I ever did. Mm. And um, obviously aesthetic is not the spirit of what we're doing, but it's, I think it's the soul of what we're doing, right? Yeah. Because your aesthetic creates something in your mind and your emotions, right? When you walk into Absolutely. a room, when you walk into a space, like I think the first, I think this says the first five minutes of you walking into church, you realize if I want to be there or not. That's all aesthetic. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, how does this place make me feel? How does this place make me think? Like, so tell me about how kind of like at your, at young adults, what is your aesthetic and do you have intention behind it? Like, especially when you're like, I know when I, I think TYA has the best greeting, greeting flow. So let me, let me get into a space and I'll let you talk. Um, Starbucks and Panera, they, they don't base their money off of their product. They don't believe like bread makes them money. They believe environments make them money. Mm. So people don't, they created Panera not for you to eat. They create Panera for you to stay and dwell, right? And they create Starbucks not for you to drink good coffee and whatever. They create it so you can sit there with your friends and you can sit there with your business. They create a space where you can sit, right? Most coffee shops nowadays, they're not just for the coffee. It's for you to go and hang out with, right? It's the environment, right? And the thing is this, like, your church trinity young adults they do so well at that because you start off there's the greeters in the front and then immediately you have a place to dwell you have the coffee space mm-hmm. and then with that you have the merch section here and then you have the photo booth right there and it's like before you even step into service you already have a space where you can dwell you can connect yeah. and you can find like communicate community within like the first two minutes of being at the church so tell me a little bit like is that your is that y'all's intention behind that or y'all were just like coffee time you know? Yeah, no. So there's definitely a tension behind it, bro. It's so funny. Every time we talk about aesthetics, my wife literally, because she asked me about the podcast, she's like, what are you, what are you and Jacob doing? I was like, oh, we're going to talk about like why aesthetics matter. 
She's like, uh, every time I think of Jacob, I think of aesthetics. <laughs> Your name's already attached to that, bro. Oh, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, bro, there is definitely intention behind it. I mean, for me, like when it comes to aesthetics, like aesthetics is the cover page of what you're trying to offer. Like it's, it's always the first thing that people start to notice, you know? And so um, when we came to what is the culture that we want to set, um, obviously we, we were privileged to be at um, a church that's pretty, pretty large, pretty big. And a lot of stuff was already set up for us. So all we had to do was just um, set up some, um, some certain stuff like, um, greeters and whatnot, but what we wanted to accomplish was kind of like our culture statements, which was um, a culture of honor, a culture of serving, and a culture of burning. It's like, okay, how can our ministries fit into those things, and how um, can the things that when people come into the to the building, how can they feel that? You know, how can they feel honored? You know, how can they feel that the urge to serve? You know, and so our greeters, man, um, that that's that's one of their jobs is to kind of bring that hospitality in and let them know like, hey, regardless of what you look like, regardless of what you came in here with, you are welcome and like, oh, we're, we're honored to have you. So boom, we already kind of have that initial, you know, um, structure to that. And then they'll, they'll take them out to the coffee bar, take them to wherever they want to go. Like, hey, let's go into the worship sanctuary if you want to see where we're going to worship and whatnot. Um, merch and everything, just plug them into everything that's going on in the building. And so, you know, for some people that have been in the church and they see all this stuff, then sometimes they already get that impulse to like, man, I, I would love to kind of serve here. And, oh, and yeah. you know, and then when we get into the burning part, which is really when service starts is, is where we really try to target that is um, we have a, an amazing production team and um, we, we were blessed with lots of, new lighting and updated stuff and one thing that they were super intentional about was okay um yes we have all these amazing stuff but like how can we make this a place where you know it doesn't distract people rather kind of aids them in their worship or whatever you know where it's not distracting and so um every time we have lights up and we're singing a song or whatever we we looked at the like biblical definitions for like the colors and whatnot to match up wow. with, the, with the song so this is a gem right here yeah so if we're talking about the blood we'll throw up a subtle red and whatnot so it kind of connects like okay now it's not just lights it doesn't just look good but there's purpose there's value wow. there's strategy behind it and so, you know, it's very subtle things like with, with aesthetics, I, I think sometimes like you can you can see it with your eyes, but sometimes like you feel it like, you know, you feel it, you know, you can create like this beautiful church with like white and green or whatever. But will, will a homeless person be welcomed in? Like, you know, like to me, that's that's how I think about it, too. It's like, is is everyone welcomed, you know, and and. I think that's a very important part of like aesthetics. It's not wow. just about an exterior motive. There's got to be an interior motive to why you're creating, why you're, you know, putting that out there. So, yeah. Bro, that was right. fire. <laughs> Look, man. Dude, but, but that's bro, your thing, bro. When they came up with me to that, I was like, bro, what? Like, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, yo, let's just throw some cool little um pastels in there and make it dope like i was just thinking about like the aesthetic aesthetic part like just how it would look but they were like no bro it goes deeper than that and i was like 
I'm so thankful for y'all. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's intense. Like, and that goes back to what I was saying about like aesthetics is a soul thing, right? We're yeah. creating mind, will, and emotions, right? Like if I can affect their mind and their emotions, I can change their will, right? I can change what they, what they want to do with their life. Right. And like you were saying, like your, your whole goal is to have your aesthetic match your values, yeah. So that whenever people come in, their mind matches your values, their heart matches your values. So the next thing you know, their spirit and their and their whole body will match the values, right? They'll follow the values. Yeah. I think that's sick. That's a gem. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to use that now. I love that. Appreciate let's it. Go, let's, that's fire. Let's mm-hmm. go into like your heart. I know your heart's into youth ministry. Um, we've yeah. been talking about youth ministry for, I mean, I've known you for what, five years now, probably. Yeah. And our hearts are, we're youth pastors to our core. I think we're pastors to our core, but we love youth. Yes. Let me, get that. Let, me, let me reflect that. Because whenever we're old, we're not going to, I don't know if we're going to be youth pastors, but probably be lead pastors. Anyways, I don't know. Hey, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind being a seven-year-old youth pastor. Oh, but, dude, absolutely not. But this is because there's something so satisfying about that. But that's a yeah. whole other conversation. How do you think youth groups around our nation, around the city, you can say Dallas, San Antonio, whatever the case may be, how can they up their game when it comes to aesthetics? Because I think what I've noticed is a lot of copycat culture. Um, yeah. Suddenly I see a bunch of smiley faces, mm-hmm. but they're, <laughs> you know, or like a bunch of like peace signs and like, it's like the graphics, the graphics are the same. You go to the youth room, the same vibes. And uh, I've always been a big fan because Virgil Abloh, he says this, he's like, the reason why my brand blew up is because I made it local first. And I was like, that's dope. Because the aesthetic in Dallas is not going to work here in San Antonio. Like, my aesthetic in San Antonio will never work in Dallas because we're, like, country. You know what I mean? Right. like, these small town pastors in, like, Hearst, Texas and, like, all these places, they're, like, trying to match aesthetic of an upper room. And it's, like, yeah, it's not your, that's not your people. So okay. talk to that. Like, how can youth pastors today practically – you have a youth room. You know the budget's small. Man, how do I make my, my youth room aesthetic intentional? And how do I make an environment where my students want to come here? Yeah. I mean, the first thing, you just have to be true to where you're at. Be true to, you know, um, kind of like what we were talking about, like our little box. Like, okay, our box, our box isn't something to limit us. It's a structure. It's, it's something that, you know, gives us a space. So what does your box look like? Is your box looking like old, traditional, whatever, and, and whatnot? But um, I think for, for like youth, man, I think I was talking to this about um, with someone else the other day. And I think, you know, youth, youth culture is so good at like um, helping kids that want to be on worship teams, kids that want to be ministers and pastors and whatnot. But when it comes to like anything outside of that, you're speaking for, right now for the majority of the time, bro, like for creatives, there's no space for them other than, hey, come hold the camera. Oh, come do some slides. Bro, that's that's not that's just anyone could do that. You know, uh, anyone could do whatever. But, you know, you're not you're not pulling the creative sides from them like, you know. And so it definitely takes leadership um, to be able to mold something. And and I do feel like youth should have a really big part in what happens when it comes to the aesthetics. So good. You know, it's not just the youth pass because us man we could be like oh yeah upper room looks super dope let's go do what they do but then your youth kids are like what like i hate this like you know they i hate this and they and maybe they want to throw up some i don't know like smiley faces or whatever let's just use those examples they really love that 
okay, let's, let's do that because that's something that's safe for you guys. That's something that makes you guys want to be here, you know? And so there needs to be a, a connection with, with youth pastors and, and, and the youth and like, you know, um, pull that outside of them, pull that creativity that's in them, you know, um, get your most creative kids and let's, let's talk. Like, that's something that, um, when I was in youth, my youth pastor always did, like she recognized, she was, she was a woman. She recognized like the ones that really were so passionate about like art and, and how things looked. And she would gather all of us and she's just like, okay, well, how can we plan this? You know? And so one, we didn't just make the place look good, but now we just established a relationship with our youth pastor and it, and it enforced what we were trying to create. So. That's dope. And like, you know, I, youth culture outside the church is interesting. Like brands mm. are always like surveying people on oh. socials, like surveying youth. Dude, every brand like clothing wise is selling to the youth. Yeah. Like, I mean, and but why not the church? It's so interesting. It's so interesting. The church, the church of Jesus Christ has always sold to old people. Yeah. Like our messaging, our branding, like everything we've ever done has been selling to old people. So that, like, for me, I've always struggled with the fact of like, why is it always like the money and the media budget will be spent 100% only on like the main service, but never on the youth. Right. Like, Every church, I mean, I hope youth pastors listening to this, they're like, man, I, I agree with that. Like, my sound system's worse than the main sound system. Like, yeah. my lighting is worse than, the, like, the, the main service lighting. And I think it's like, I believe Gen Z can see the value difference. I believe our generation okay. can see the value difference. Like, because whenever I see the main sanctuary, and we've had this culture for so long, it's like, that's big church, right? Like, this is big church, mm -hmm. and then this is, youth, youth ministry is just youth ministry. And I'm like, no, that's big church. And that's big church. Like we're both big church. And then we yes. come, we come, we come before this perspective of like, all right, we can have a social media budget for our main service, but we don't have any for our youth. And it's like, mm -hmm. whoa, like, and that, what I, like I was saying, our, our, like in my last podcast, I was talking about how we can sense fake, like our generation, but we also oh, yeah. can sense, we also can sense value. And it's like, we can sense fake and fraud, but we also can sense that we are less valued here. And mm -hmm. why aesthetics matter? Because aesthetics produce value, right? Yeah. When I have great aesthetic in my youth room, I'm saying you are valued in the church of Jesus Christ. And so yeah. many, and this is why Gen Z is leaving the church. That's why millennials left the church is because they didn't feel valued at 17 years old. And when you can't comprehend what's really happening, all I can see is like, oh, they don't value as much as they value the big church, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, like, and that's why it's so hard. I realized like, for a 17 year old to turn 18 and then go to big service at 20. Yeah. That gap, right? Like that gap in church is huge. And I know, I mean, your church is great at it. Like your church is the perfect church in the world, but you've been to churches, <laughs> you've been to churches in the past where it's like, you can see the last young person is 17 and the next person is 30. And you're just like, why is that? When Gen Z is the biggest age group around right yeah. now. I mean, y'all have like 5 million young adults, but I'm talking about most churches in America, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the age gap is huge. And the reason why is because I think it's not just aesthetics, but mainly it's like the aesthetics determine your value. And you're just like, Absolutely. man, like, and then, and then we go to young adults and it's like, all right, you have youth, you have a service. You have main service, you have a service. And next thing you know, young adults is what? Like a small group. Right. Like, yeah. 
And it's like, again, where's the value? Where's my value? And y'all do a great job of showing the value. I mean, because y'all have your service in the main service. And that's just, I, I don't know if that's intentional, but I think, I think if more churches would make it that way, we're like, all right, maybe have a youth service in the main service. Let them learn on nice the main right. equipment. Maybe let them learn on the on the main things. Let them use the main things. Yeah. And it's like, if you let them do that, then they're gonna find value for the main service. Yeah. It's like, man, like, I think everything about youth ministry is about value. Do my students feel valued? And aesthetic means if I create aesthetic, if I spend money on aesthetic, that means they feel valued. Yeah. For example, like, dude. Before I have my youth ministry is in a gym. We have a stage. It's in a gym, and no aesthetic at all. It's just a gym, and it's like you know what? Like I need to create this a uh, space, because someone prophesied over our 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 room. And they said like this is no longer will be a venue. It will be a sanctuary. Jesus. And I was like, dope. So let's spend money on it. There's holes on the there's holes on the um, ceiling. There's crap everywhere. There was like dog I mean, rat poop everywhere. And I was mm-hmm. like. This shows that they don't value youth here. Yeah. I was like, oh, I had to come in and be like, because we value youth, we're going to clean up the rat poop. Because we value youth, we're going to spend money wow, on this. Because yeah. we value youth. Because, and then, dude, I'm telling you, from our youth group was 15, and now we're at 50. Because they're like, oh, we feel valued here. Right. And, and I think, man, if you're a youth pastor here, like, if you really value youth, spend a day every week vacuuming the floors in your youth room. Or cleaning, you know what I'm saying? Like, those yeah. aesthetic things matter. So um, speak a little bit about that, like about the youth gap and like how, how do you think aesthetic and design and creative can kind of fill that gap that we see in the church today? Yeah, bro. I mean, I, I'm right with you with it, it communicates value in like when it comes to, to youth, bro, let them use the big church stuff. Like, let I, them use it. Let them use it, man. Like, come on, bro. Like, I that that always pained my heart. Like, why why are they stuck in a different building in this small little place when they could be, you know, we talk about they don't have a jolly, uh, um, junior Holy Spirit and whatnot, but then you treat them as like these little juniors and whatnot. Like, you know, don't. Don't say, but then throw subliminal messages that they they do have. You're speaking right now. Because they can't be trusted with the big stuff. Like, no, you just need to set structure, set, set them for success. Like one thing that I'm, I'm super honored to be with is with, with TYA and whatnot is, you know, we bring in some of the youth kids to our services and we let them take charge. Like, dude, our broadcast, like, engineer like the for our broadcast live stream it's a 15 year old kid who does it who's literally working you know with audio engineering at the age of 15 crazy setting this man up for success like we're setting this kid up like so that he can learn so that you know and so like i just think there just needs to be more unity in the church like bro imagine imagine having a a youth represent representative like in like a, a board meeting or something like an actual youth that's team. so good imagine that happening like it's not just a room filled with uh you know like 67 year old adults no there's there's representation rep, you know a representation of a youth there like you know sharing his heart and now you're not you're creating an aesthetic that's not just one-dimensional but now you're creating something that's multi-generational now you're creating something that has color and and whatnot and so um, yeah, bro, with, with the gap, man, I think it's so tough because 
it, it, it really does fall a lot on leadership. Like leadership needs to recognize it first before it happens. You know, leadership needs to recognize um, we need to break this gap, you know? And I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Until leadership recognizes, it won't fall to the rest of the body. Like, you know? Wow. And so, um, that's good. That's yeah. good. And like we always preach, oh man, like churches all over our nation preach. We're multi-generational. Yeah. And you're still like not investing money into people to teach right. them Photoshop or teach them Adobe or, you know what I mean? Like, man, the, the co- like for me, like I'm going to segue to this, like COVID-19, right? Kind of like shook up old school churches mm-hmm. to the space where like, oh, now we need Gen Z like to help us out with graphics and to help us out with like live stream and th- like that kind of thing, you know, and it's like yeah. we, and the thing is like, what happened to before that, you know, like there was no plan, vision or mission. Right. And I'm telling you, there's gonna be a lot of churches once this is all over, they're gonna be like, okay, we're done playing with this toy. And it's like mm-hmm. back to the old thing. And then that's sad. Right. It's like, yeah. that's so sad. And I like yeah. your idea. Like what you're saying is a big idea. Like Very. youth yeah. being in the boardroom. Because the thing is this, like, if we are multi-generational, then we should ha- be multi-generational, right? Yeah. Like, literally. And, and the thing is, like, I think about this, like, in Scripture, like, we see people all over Scripture who are 13, 14, 15, being used by God, like, as a king or as a pastor or, as, like, yeah. even right now, dude, there's 10-year-olds in Malaysia that are pastoring people. Absolutely. It's like, it's just us in America – and you, and you know what you're saying? Like, dude, the junior Holy Spirit thing, I've heard that my whole life. Yeah. And honestly, that's not true. Like, like they, they believe there's a junior Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's sad. Like, it's sad to think that past generations and God can only do a revival in the main service. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, revival could be happening in the youth. And you know what people would say? Oh, that's cool. I'm praying for you, brother. Bro. Oh, talk. that's cool. You know what I mean, though? Like... <laughs> Oh, that's cute. Like, oh, that's so great. I'm so thankful for you. But they don't realize, like, oh, there's people like blind eyes are being open right now. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. Well, I'll see you on Sunday. And it's like, man, what happened? Like, yeah. And the thing is, it's going to take that. Like, it's going to take our generation. I think it's like right now, it's taking our generation leaving the church to kind of wake people up. Because now we're the post, post-church generation. That's what they call us. Yeah. So then most of us don't go to church anymore. And I understand the environment, like back to aesthetic, like most churches in America still don't have the aesthetic. And if they do, it's, and if they do, they went the wrong way. I'm going to segue into this now. They Mm. went the wrong way. They went to like the super hype, relevant live. Mm. Let's copy everybody. You know what I mean? Like they went to the same pattern. So now we, now we're back to the same, we're back to square one. When it used to be all curtains and like carpet and like all these things, like, it was that. Now it's this. Like, we already know what's going to happen. You're going to have one strobe light. You're going to have, like, relevant music. You know, you may have, like, an LED bar here or there. Yeah. You know, it's, like, that same aesthetic. The um, the very colorful, vibrant Instagram pages. You know what I mean? It's, like, every church looks the same, right? And then it's, we're back to square one again. It's, like, mm-hmm. I just want to find something real. And I want to find something local. I want something that explains who I am, right? And yeah. I think brands like brands all over, like, like companies, like clothing brands are doing so much more like I noticed this Yale merch or like Dallas or they'll do a bunch of cities. Yeah. 
and it's just interesting. A lot of people right now are, are really into repping their city. Absolutely. Right. You know what I'm Yeah. And it's like young people love repping their city. They love repping clothes that are made in their city. Everyone's supporting local brands. Like this is the trend right now. Yeah. Yet, the church of Jesus Christ is still not local. We're still trying to be like everybody else. Everyone's chasing Chad Beach, Voo Church. They're still chasing those people. They're chasing Upper Room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, God didn't call you to be Upper Room. If he called you to be Upper Room, you would be Upper Room. Yeah. And uh, that kind of goes into, like, I feel like we could talk about, like, how do you find your aesthetic? Um, mm-hmm. And that's a hard question, right? Because I think everyone has inspiration okay. and influences, right? Mm-hmm. I think my thing is, is like someone can inspire me design wise, mm-hmm. but I think it's a different thing for someone to influence me design wise. Cause mm-hmm. if someone influences me, then I start copying them. So yeah. someone inspires me. I'm like, okay, that's a dope element. Let me take that dope element. Mm-hmm. And every great designer is a great copycat. hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's just about, it's just about using that and making it your own. So kind of talk about how you found your aesthetic and then, Someone who's kind of new to the game, new to designing, like how do they find their aesthetic? Yeah, I mean, um, I'll give you an example with with um, drumming because I've been playing drums for years. And so when I was the age of like 14, 15, even up to like age of like 17, um, the way I would play, I would imitate the people that I looked up to. And so I couldn't even find my own thing, but it came through growing it came through aging it came through me playing over and over and over and that I started to realize wait I'm I'm playing just like them I can have my own sound and so I think for young creatives for young people who are trying to find their own thing their own um sort of brand you know um identity in that keep creating create every single day Create every single day because then the more you create, the more you can distinguish, okay, is this me? Is this birthed out of me or is this birthed out of someone else's ideas? Is this, this is birthed? a major key. This is you know? and so create every single day and you're going to start to realize, man, God put certain ideas in my head that has never been thought of before. And even if I can't create them yet, even if I don't know how to do it yet, the more I create, the more I practice this skill, this talent, this gift every single day, the closer that I will be to creating those things that that was put inside of me, you know? And I feel like the more you create, the more you start to discover more of yourself, you know? And, and, and the second thing too is don't, don't create just to make it look dope. Like don't create something just for it to be cool. Like, let's let's look at aesthetics in the Bible, bro. Like, let's let's look at that. Like, let's look at the tabernacle. Let's look at creation. Let's look at Noah's Ark. Let's look at, you know, like all of heaven, bro. Like, let's look at that. There's purpose behind every single thing in the Bible. So good. Every lackluster detail, right? Every lackluster detail. There was literally never a moment wasted with the Lord. Like when he created all those things, bro. You know, even the way the 12 tribes were set up when it came to war, it was set up like a cross, you know? And it was like, bro, it didn't just scare the enemy off the way it looked, but there was purpose that it was prophetically claiming something, you know? Um, and so it's just, it, to me, it's like, don't, don't create something just to make it look cool. Create something that has purpose, that has value, that has strategy, you know? And so I think just practicing every day is one. And then the second thing is just find purpose in what you're creating. 
That was so fire. You're, <laughs> you're eating today. No cap. You. you haven't been talking about creative in a minute, have you or no? Have you been speaking about creative? It. Yeah, I know you have. I have it. It's just, it's just <laughs> Yeah. I think my favorite verses, I think is in I think it's in Leviticus or Exodus. Mm-hmm. I am not great at referencing scripture. Yeah. I know scripture. I just don't know how to like re- reference like the exact space. You know We're what? Getting- we'll, we'll get there. Anyways, I'm not I'm not a Bishop T.D. Jakes yet. Um, <laughs> but I love the idea when Moses like built is Moses, but builds his tabernacle and he hires people to paint. Mm. And I always found that interesting. Like, and I think about that, and I think about the Catholic Church and how they spend millions of dollars on their facilities. Yeah, yeah we. You know what I mean? Like, because because it's the house of the Lord, right? And I guess the ultimate answer to our question today, why does this aesthetic matter when it comes to church? Is because it's for the Lord, right? Yeah. We're building houses. We're building spaces for the Lord. And I said, imagine, I always thought about, imagine if the evangelical church, our church, would spend as much money as the Catholic church on aesthetic. Like, wow. where would we be? Yeah. You know what I mean? We would own art museums, we would own skyscrapers. We would, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why can't a church own a skyscraper in downtown? You know what I mean? Like, why can't the church build one? You know what I'm saying? Like, when we're talking about aesthetics, we're talking about deeper than your Instagram page. We're talking about like further yeah. than that. We're talking about like, man, like aesthetics is what people see. Yeah. Like I want to be seen and the church of Jesus Christ wants to be seen. And we want to be seen in a nice way. Like I think about like those towers in, um, I think it's Dubai, like those high towers, right? Or even in New York, like the Empire State Building. Like what if those were owned by the church for all the world to see? You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm talking about. What if like the church sponsored basketball teams and started designing their jerseys? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like there's deeper than just us like making Instagram pages and like yes. why aesthetic matters because it's for the Lord. And like we need to figure out spaces and ways beyond our Instagram to make aesthetic for us to be seen, and ultimately for Jesus to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what do people all over the world go to Rome to see the great cathedrals of the church, but no one comes to America to see the church, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah, that speaks volumes. No, no, for real. Like people who travel all over the world yeah. in Europe, in Asia, people go all over the world to see mosques. In the Middle East, people go all over the world to Asia to see the temples to these false gods. Yet the Church of Jesus Christ is struggling to get people in their building. Yeah. Why aesthetics matter? So people can yeah. see us, bro. And I think, yeah. man, like our generation has to see it. Gen Z sees that. And maybe we're the generation that would be like, we're going to build temples like bigger than the Taj Mahal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's going to be like an art museum. and It's going to be modern or dope or whatever. It's going to affect culture. Yeah. I think the church of the past, like I think about the Renaissance and the, uh, I think it was, not the Versailles or whatever. I forgot their name. You know what I'm talking about? The art people, the Versailles yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like they were like the biggest art people in the, in the, their time. And they were like faith based, bro. Like they were Catholic people. Mm-hmm. Some of them. I didn't know that. And, and the, like the Renaissance, all the Renaissance dude is like based off of like the church. Mm-hmm. Some of it's like a lot of the stuff is like based off Adam and Eve. And there's like yeah, a bunch yeah, of a church references and like do that. Like the biggest artists, like Picasso and these guys, painted in the church. I think yeah. it was like I think was named Michelangelo painted in one of the churches. Yeah. Like, and it's like we hired the best artists, the best creatives, the best people for the church of that time. And now it's like our budget for media is the lowest mm-hmm. thing, and our in our facilities budget for the aesthetic is the lowest thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, where? How did we go from hiring Michelangelo or whatever? 
to, to, like, <laughs> to like let's just download graphics off of google literally so you know hey <laughs> any last thoughts here man i mean no i think i think the way you just, just touched on that is just so important bro like we can claim great things for the lord i, I think this is a beautiful way to end it like we can claim those big things. Like I think so, so much of the church tries to separate ourselves from, from the world in the sense of like, we can't have what they have. I'm like, bro, you're right. We can have better. We can have greater. We can have bigger. Like, you know, like this is for us to claim. This is for us to take. And, and not in the sense of like selfishness, but let's take it for the Lord. Let's bring glory to his name. Let's, let's magnify him in the biggest areas of influence, Come like, on. you know? And so I think aesthetics plays such a big part in that. And yeah, bro, super, super grateful that you invited me. Yeah, to talk bro. This. Grateful. I'm thankful, bro. You were dropping so many bombs on me right now. Oh, bro. <laughs> you know what? It really inspired me when I went to art museum, bro. And I just saw all these art pieces of the Bible. And like, it was just like low key, the Bible. It wasn't like, and I saw like, and I, my wife goes to Europe and she goes to towns and there's like crosses on this, on the, on the concrete. And it's like, man, where are we? And everyone says, and this is where I'm at, like, I'm, this may be controversial. I don't care. But like, a lot of people think like the church is ahead of the game right now when it comes to media, arts, all this stuff. I think we're hundreds of years behind. Mm-hmm. I think we should have been like, if, if the church of Jesus Christ, like hundreds of years ago, were building temples with the greatest artists. And now yeah. Virgil Abloh will never step into his space. Like where everyone was hype about Kanye, right? Yeah. That was a normal thing back in the day. Literally, bro. Right. And now it's not normal. Now it's like, you're not going to get a design. And that's where I feel like we're going to start stepping into. Yeah. I believe that like, we, the church needs to start hiring, spending money, like on like people like Virgil Abloh and like, like creators like that, or even like on Twitch, or whatever the case may be like all these great creators spending money, so the church can be seen again. So yeah. Hey, thanks for joining the pod. My boy Rod- Rodrigo. What's your tag at Rodrigo Braga? You know, he's at yeah. five million followers already. This man's a G. Bro, y'all don't understand. I'm so honored <laughs> to have him on the pod right now. He's so famous, bro. My uh, podcast is about to blow up because of this man right now. He's cap, bro. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank you for joining, man. I love you. And I'll love I'll see you this bro. weekend. All right, bro. See you later.